Today we want to continue in this journey together called Word. We are looking at specific words for groups of people that represent this community uh, that are present here on a weekend uh, as we worship together. Last week we started with a word for the church. And uh, today, as Jen said in our announcement video, we have a word for, for parents. How many of you, by a round of applause, are a parent? Let me hear you. Just kind of clap. Yeah. How many of you, by the same sign, a round of applause, how many of you as parents wish sometimes you weren't a parent? Yeah. Don't lie. Yeah, some of you are like, I don't know if I should clap. It's okay. We'll be real and transparent in this house, right? Sometimes you know you wish you could just trade your kids for somebody else's, right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe you're here today and you don't have bloodline, you're not a, you've given birth to anyone, but maybe you've been a mentor, maybe you've been a coach, a teacher, maybe you've got a neighborhood kid that you just kind of brought in under your arm and you're, you're pouring into and you've raised them up. Some of you probably had people like that in your life at some point or another. For, for me, I, I had a dad that worked out of town Monday through Friday, and so it was really cool, Brad, how God sent other men and women into my life when I needed it just to kind of spur me on and encourage me. And some of you have, have been that or had that in your life as well. And, and, and I think that this is a word for all of those groups of people today. As we consider parenting, or as we consider maybe even pouring into a younger generation and raising up someone that God has brought into our past. Why do we have a word for parents today? Well, it's because I believe that, that, that there is a major tension in most of our homes across our country. There's this, this power struggle that is taking place in, in, in homes. Homes that, that to many of us look great on the outside, you know, manicured lawn, beautiful architecture, maybe even that white picket fence. You know, on the inside, those homes are packed with confusion. There's, there's conflict, and, and, and some of those homes may even be labeled just as, just they're chaotic, right? So parents, let's, let's face it. Why, why do we have a word for parents today? Because we believe that there is a crisis that's buried deep within the family. Families are out of control. This crisis has, has been brewing right under our noses, and sadly, the majority of us have yet to smell the coffee. You see, what's happening in, in these homes is, is, I believe, it's a crisis of leadership. Say leadership. The truth of the matter is that today, parents aren't leading. They're not leading. Parents in many families today, they're, 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 they're not stepping up. They're, they're not paving the path of purpose. In fact, I, I believe that, that, that what's happening is, is a role reversal. In other words, what I'm saying, kids are running the asylum. Many kids are running the show. They're, they're leading out. And parents, well, parents are following. And as a result of that, what's happening is the home has become this lopsided landslide of, of, of mayhem. It's, it's become kid-driven rather than parent-driven. Am I talking to anybody? Okay. Um, I, I love this quote that I found by Edward VIII, the Duke of Windsor. The Duke of Windsor said this, The thing that impresses me most about America is the way parents obey their children. I think they're still just bitter because they lost the war or something, you know. I just, anyways. But it, there's a lot of truth to that, isn't there? The thing that impresses me most about America is the way that parents obey 
their children. Well, I have a word for us today. It's a word from the Lord. Are you ready for that? Let's pray and ask him to be with us and guide us. Lord Jesus, thank you for what you've done on the cross. You've set us free that we can stand and declare today with our hands lifted high that we are no longer a slave to fear. We are a child of of God. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've done on the cross. We thank you for the blood that, that, that you shed that, that is available to, to forgive us of all of our sins. It covers a multitude of wickedness in us. Jesus, we thank you because we couldn't save ourselves and you went to the cross and you did that for us. Are there any saved, thankful people in the house today for what Jesus has done? Thank you, Lord. Father, we desire to be the people you've called us to be. For many in this room, you have given us the title of parent. For some of us, we're a mentor, a coach, we're an encourager. We're a friend and we maybe pour into someone that's younger and just needing guidance. Lord, I pray that today that you would just share a word to all of us, a word helps us become who you desire for us to be. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody say, amen. Hey, here's what, I want, here's what I believe God wants us to walk out of here with today. Here's kind of the main point of our time together. This is a, this is a time for you to take a picture of the screen or, hey, just, do the, just download the app. Download the app. Aren't you thankful that Roscoe and Thaddeus were here today and some, some of you parents that sent your kids to youth camp with us are going, I'm going to reconsider next year if that's what y'all do at Camp Roscoe and Thaddeus. But, but seriously, you can download the app and all of the notes, all of the notes, say all of the notes, will be there for you. You've got this. But for those of you that don't have the app, you can just, here's the main point I believe God wants us to leave here with today. As parents, we are to make an intentional, say intentional, we're to make an intentional and strategic, say strategic. A strategic effort every day. How many days? Every day to teach our children God's principles. So they can go out into the world and establish their own households built on solid and eternal values. Is that an accurate statement? That's what our goal is, right? We have, from the time they breathe their first breath till the age of 18, we have 936 weeks with our kids. 936. If you have a kid that's one day old, you still have those 936. For those of you whose kids just started their senior year of high school, yeah, you got about 52. About 52. This is our goal. This is why God gives us kids. This is what our purpose is as parents. Now, I know that sometimes you wish you didn't have kids. Sometimes you wish you could just get away, right? Kind of a Southwest moment or a Calgon moment. Take me away. Get me out of here. But for whatever reason, for many of you, God has blessed you with children. I know that sometimes it doesn't seem like a blessing. It seems like a curse when those little demons are smearing blueberry muffins all over your couch, right? Or when they're making a scene at Walmart's, you know? It's a mess. Sometimes we don't consider them a blessing, but even today, I think all of us would agree, man, what an incredible honor and privilege it is 
to parent. And when we think about these kids that God has blessed us with, you need to know something. You're the greatest influencer in your kid's life. You, you are as a parent. Not the pastor, not the church, not the coach, not the cheer instructor or the mentor at the Boys and Girls Club. or who You as a parent influence your kid the greatest. That can be a scary thought, can't it? I mean, they're watching us and they're looking at us and we're influencing them and absolutely, they're a blessing, they're a gift. God has entrusted us to influence in His ways. I love what this verse says in Psalm chapter 127, verse 3. It says, children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from Him. Amen? You may not always feel like that. For some of you, they're a reward for the way that you were growing up, right? Bad news. No. But children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from Him. And for those of you that are here today that are parents, or for those of you that may be an aunt or an uncle or a mentor, there's a kid that you're kind of pouring into. Listen, the good news is you don't have to do this thing called parenting alone. The good news is that the God that gifted us with those kids... Well, he stands there ready to help us as we influence them in his ways. Aren't you thankful that God helps us as we parent and raise our children? We as parents, we're to teach them. We as parents are to train our children so that they in turn will be able to go out and live a life that honors the Lord for the rest of their days. We, the parents, are to teach and lead. Children are not designed to lead the family. They're not hardwired to call the shots or to handle the level of responsibility because they do not have the maturity or the skill set yet to do so. But yet what we see when we look around our communities is parent after parent resigning his or her leadership position. And they're turning over their decision-making power to the child. What do you mean by that? I hear things like this. I probably have been guilty of saying things like this. Where do you want to eat? Where, where do you want to go tonight? Wait, wait. Little two-year-old princess, when do you want to go to bed? <laughs> or you want to sleep with mom and dad tonight? You want... Where do you want to go on vacation? How may I serve... Don't we hear... How may I serve you? In short, you know what we've done? We've created kid CEO homes. Kids are CEOs today, aren't they? You know I'm talking to somebody right now. You know. You know. And we've all been guilty of these attitudes, haven't we? But here's what you need to understand about this kid CEO household. This is the opposite of God's dynamic design for your family. It is the opposite. Do you ever read the Bible? Anybody. You're going to find this hierarchy. You're going to find this chain of command mapped out in God's word when it comes to your family. But we live in a democracy, right? Yes, 
as a nation. Now, I'm not saying that a democracy doesn't work. I'm just saying that the democracy in the house doesn't sometimes work. Children do not have the knowledge or the perspective to decide what is best for them. Your, your kids tend to live in a little universe called me. Maybe I ought to change the statement. Some of you live in a little universe called, called, called me, right? I want to talk about me. I want to talk about my. I want to talk about number one. Oh, yeah. Y'all know it because you're eat up with it. Meism. Their decisions that they're making are usually based on their immediate needs and wants. And so it's our job, say job, it's our job as parents to help them understand the world around them. But until then, we, we, we need to decide, we need to decide what's best for our kids simply because we are the grown-ups and we know better. Or, or we should. Some of you are still got work in progress, right? Yeah, we should know what's best. For some of us today, as we consider our homes and our families and these little blessings or devils from the Lord, whatever you want to call it, for some of us today, we need to think maybe about having a reorg take place in our home, right? A reorganization. Some of you are in business world or you've been in institutions. Excuse me, I didn't say. You've been... You've been places in which there's been this reorganization happen, right? This, this reorg take place. And I believe for some of us, today is a day in which we need a reorganization take place in our families. And listen, that process begins as, as you begin to change your behavior, as you begin to set the agenda for your family. Now listen, you, you, you do this not only by, by what you say, but you also do this through your example. Whoa. Not just by what you say, but by your example. Hey, parents, can I just tell you something? You must model the priorities that you dictate to your children. You've got to model that. We we were somewhere late last night before we'd been out celebrating. My wife has a birthday tomorrow. She's going to be. Yeah, she's having a birthday. And we were out late celebrating her because, you know, it's like they get the whole month, you know, we dudes get like two hours, um, but they get like the month. And um, so we were celebrating coming home, and we had to make a quick stop somewhere. And as I checked out, I was walking out. The gentleman said, I love that. By the way, your kids do not bother me. In fact, they want to come sit up here with Pastor Jason. That is awesome. I love that. Just send a bottle or food or snacks or something because I get hungry. Uh, but <laughs> this guy said, man, I hope that you preach a great sermon tomorrow. I hope the sermon's great. And I'm like, well, I do too. It should be. My wife wrote it, but it should be a good one. But, but I'm like, man, hey, that's great. What service am I going to see? He said, oh, I, I don't come, but my kids come. It's sad, isn't it? And, and my heart, I, I thought, did I just hear that? And I just, I walked out and, and we, uh, my kids come. Listen, parents, maybe sometimes some of us aren't making any headway and we just don't feel like what we are wanting them to get is actually sinking, maybe because we're not doing this. Listen, we've got to model the priorities that we dictate to our children. Am I talking to anybody? Listen, parents, we've got to set the schedules. Parents, we've got to step up. Parents, we need to cast the vision. Parents, we need to be the ones to move our families ahead. Listen, don't get everyone's opinion and then make some democratic decision. 
We're parents. We lead. God has called us to lead our families. You know, the permissive parenting style teaches that, that all the members of the family carry equal weight in terms of authority and, and decision-making. But I'm just telling you, not everyone is equal in the family. Now, spiritually before God, absolutely, we are all equal. But in terms of the practical organization of the family, there is a flow chart that is prescribed by God in His Word. If you'll just read it, there is a prescribed chain of command. And God, for whatever reason, has placed parents over their children for a reason. Parents, we must lead. We must set the agenda for our family. Are we okay so far? I believe that one of the things that parents must do to take back leadership in, in their home is in setting the agenda is, is to place a reasonable limit on our children's extracurricular activities. Silence across the audience. Listen, I know that you as a parent want what's best for your child, right? I mean, is there any parent really that's in here just said, Dude, I don't want the best for my kid. I'm making miserable for them and hard, you know. Man, they ain't getting nothing. And I don't want, no, I want it to be, no. No, we, we parents, we, we want the best for our child. But, but, but the question begs to be asked then, well, well, what is the best? If you want the best for, for your, your child, well, well, what is the best? Most of the time, the answer to that question involves limitations and discipline. It involves sacrificing the good things for the great things, right? Let me ask you a question this morning. Where will, where will, where will your children find their identity? Where will your children find their identity? Now, again, most parents, we want the best for our kids. This is something that, that, that unites us as, as parents. Parents of any faith or any non-faith faith background. H- however, in, in, in our push to, to help our children succeed, I think that we sometimes hinder rather than help them. One of the things that I was going to talk about today, if I had time at the end, and I'm just telling you, I've already done this once, I don't have time at the end. But one of the things that, that I wanted to share kind of at the end to wrap it up and head for home was this. Don't be a helicopter parent. You know what a helicopter parent is? It's a parent who takes an overprotective or excessive interest in the life of their child or children. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't take an, I tell you, they, they, they take an excessive interest. You know, you're, you're, you're already mapping out and lining out who your, who your kids' friends are going to be at six months of age. Who they're going to hang out with. You, 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 you've already petitioned and said, I want this teacher for my kid. And I want this coach for for my kid, and, and you're just a helicopter parent. Why did my kid make such a low grade on the test? Well, it's real easy, because your kid didn't freaking study, you know. We want to change the grade. They'll do 22 push-ups for 22 days to bring the grade up, and whatever, burpees for a lot. I don't know, but and we helicopter. 
We, in, our, in our approach to try to do things good and assist them, we hinder them sometimes, don't we? We don't let them learn how to go and make friends on their own because some of us have already arranged their marriage for them. We, we, we don't let them understand what it's like not to be one of the, the starters on the team. You know, what it means to kind of kind of understand that. We don't let them understand how to, how to get back up after they've been knocked down. We're and we're like mash. We're, pull, we're rolling in and pulling them out and rescuing them and saving the day, aren't we? Hell, hey, listen, sometimes in our desire to help, we, 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 we hinder. And now please hear my heart. I'm not saying that we shouldn't give a rip. But some of us, we're just, we're just a little excessive. Am I talking to anybody? If you know somebody like that, would you just say their name out loud real quick? No, just don't do that. <laughs> we inadvertently encourage them to seek their identity sometimes in sports or drama or what college you attend, relationships, future careers. Hey, listen, these things do not define who your child is. We, we, we sang a song just a few minutes ago. I don't know if you, you heard it or if you, you sang it. If you didn't sing it, shame on you. You better get used to it. We're going to sing all day in heaven one day. This is practice. You better start singing now. Amen? But the Bible makes this very clear that we are adopted children in God's family. Are you believe that? When I promote placing my child's athletic gifts or over their relationship with God, you, you know what I'm telling my child that their identity is? Their identity is first in sports and secondly in God. Their identity is not in being a future professional athlete. Their identity is in who they already are. They are a child of the living God. As a pastor, I don't know how many times, how many parents I've met. I was a youth pastor for 16 years prior to to planting this church 10 years ago. We're about to have a party around here in in two weeks. I hope that you'll come back. It's going to be outside, so dress accordingly. And it's going to be a phenomenal, great time together. But, But as a pastor, I have met too many parents who say they want God to be the number one priority. But the direction they push their kids communicates something entirely different. You know I'm talking right now. Yeah, you know I'm preaching. We, we want our kids to be God followers and pursue all things that God stands for. But yet we're pushing them in the opposite direction. The problem is that, that when our kids fail or when things don't work out as planned, their, their, their world can be turned upside down. And as, as parents, we, we need to know that, that, that they're, let our kids know you're going to be okay because even though this situation temporarily has changed, listen, what hasn't changed is who you are. You are a child of God and that will never change. Now hear my heart before you write me off. Extracurricular activities do help kids. And I am definitely not advocating a ban on them. I played it all. I said this a while back, and I got in trouble for it by saying, yeah, I was probably better than most of your kids are. (laughs) But I'm not doing that now. Look where I'm at. I'm not advocating a ban on sports or theater or music or art. or I'm not. Please. Do not say that, Pastor. Mm-mm. Don't you say that. Yeah. 
but, 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 but the, 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 the lessons and skills that I learned in all those things and what your kids, listen, that you can't trade those. And I'm thankful that we've got great coaches and teachers and all that here in this. Listen, those things are great. But I'm just simply saying this. Sometimes these merely good things that we're pushing our kids to, they eclipse the greater things. Oftentimes these activities come in direct conflict with marital and family times when I believe those moral and spiritual and intimate foundations, they're formed. You know, when children reach the age of, of 12 or 13, man, they're facing some difficult choices. They're, they're, they're trying to, to learn how to negotiate the maze of life. What are they going to rely on? On cheerleading? Is football going to help in those times Listen, those, those activities, they're, 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 there's nothing wrong with it. But those activities are not going to give them the knowledge and wisdom to help them make the tough choices. You see, our kids need a sure foundation. Are you with me? And the ultimate foundation is found only in a growing relationship with God. I said it. I'm a preacher. That's not a surprise to you, is it? But it's the truth. Parents, listen. Don't let culture decide what is important for your kid. You make the decision as the parent. You know what's best for your kids. Too many of our families, we're overscheduled. We're, we're overwhelmed with these, the, the merely good stuff. And while we're missing out all the time on the great things God wants for our kids. Parents, I want to encourage you. You need to establish the priorities. It, it is beneficial to have kids in, in school and community activities, absolutely. But these things must fall in behind church activities and I believe your family's spiritual growth. We say this a lot around here and I believe it's very, it just, it's, it's, it's right for this moment as well. We need to learn to say yes to the best and no to the rest. We need to learn to say yes to the best. And no to the rest. And in, in, in our home, as our kids have been growing up, when, when they wanted to be a part of something, we, we would sit down as a family and determine how this would impact and have an effect on our family time. And um, there were some things that we said no to. And there were some things that we allowed our girls to, to, uh, to participate in. But we have to learn to say yes to the best and no to the rest. I love this verse in Proverbs 22, 6. It says, direct your children onto the right path, and when they're older, they will not leave it. Direct your children onto the right path. That's Bible. Direct them onto the right path, and when they're older, listen, they will not leave it. I'm thankful for a mom and dad that showed me what was right. And I played it all. From sun up to sundown, all, there was no off season. I played it all, but I always knew what was right. And the path that my parents directed me on shaped who I am, and that's the path I'm walking today. Are you with me? Parents, you need to cast a family vision. And for Christian parents, for Christian families, that vision needs to come from one place only. It comes from God. Now, you may say, well, that makes sense. Okay, I get that. But what is God's vision for my family? Well, you can relax because he's already written it out and he's told us what his vision is. And many of you know it, but let me just remind you what God's vision is for your family. As for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. It's pretty simple, isn't it? 
Joshua didn't take a vote that day when he made this declaration. He didn't consult Robert's rules of order. He didn't put together a focus group or a think tank or a committee. He didn't have a family vote to see if he thought that they should do this. What did he do? He stood up as the leader in his home and he said, as for this family, we're going to serve the Lord. We will serve the God of Israel. That's what everyone in this household will be about. And can I just tell you, that's God's desire for your family. Right there. That's it. So if you, if you want to know where to start as a family, day, maybe it's this one here. I'm just thinking you could go f- probably find a, a nice piece of art with this verse on it for you to display somewhere in your home. You crochet, macrame, cross-stitch, whatever you need to do to put this somewhere in your home and remind you what God's will is for your family. Listen, education and government and technology and financial success and athletic achievements, listen, they all, yes, have a place in our lives, but they don't deserve first place. They don't. They don't. We looked at a verse last week. Seek first, what? The kingdom of God. See, I believe the most important way to establish a positive future for your family is to have this vision cast for your family. I also believe that you need to, parents, you need to pass on this baton of faith. We, we, we have got to hand off to the next generation the essentials they need to live a life of faith. But here's the deal. We cannot pass anything to our children that we do not possess ourselves. Ooh, rewind the tape. That's good. We cannot pass anything to our children that we do not possess ourselves. Many families live in constant chaos because they don't have the power of faith operating in their homes. Listen, you can tap in to that power if you get serious about having a relationship with God. And and, and if you'll start living your life that is consistent with His truth. Are you with me? That's passing on a baton of faith. How do we pass on this kind of faith? Well, it's also found in God's Word. (laughs) How many of you know that God's Word helps us? Do you read the Bible? Two people. Praise Jesus. My staff didn't even say yes to that one. (laughs) Guys. Look what it says in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 and 7. You must commit yourselves wholeheartedly. How much do I need to commit to it? To these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road, when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. These commandments that Moses was referring to in these verses, they're God's commandments. Parents, are you passing on God's commandments and truths to your kids? Do you you share the word of God with your kids? Do you pray over them? Do you read scripture over them? Many of you sing their songs that they're listening to. And, but do you get God's? We've got to get this on their heart. We've got, if there is a tattoo that I think every kid needs, it's the Word of God. It's got to be impressed upon them. I'm telling you, man, I remember of all the visions of I, I had growing up. My, my dad worked out of town Monday through Friday. 
I saw him Friday night after the football game, and we were home till about Sunday afternoon, and he would get on the plane and head back out to work. Of all the images and things that I remember most about a dad that made some mistakes, absolutely. But I'll never forget those images of seeing my dad at night sitting after dinner in his recliner with a tall glass of sweet tea next to his chair and the Word of God opened in his lap. You know God's words better when you're drinking sweet tea, by the way, right? And I'll never forget that. My dad was showing me the importance of the Word of God. Let, let me just close by saying this together to, to, to you real quick today. Make the church a priority in your household. You, now, you expect me to say that as a pastor, right? And the reason I'm only telling you that is because I want us to have big numbers of people show up every time we're here. I'm just interested in big offerings and lots of people in the park. That's the only reason I'm saying that to y'all. No! just know the difference that it made in my life. A four-year letterman in three sports, an all-state baseball player, free education on a scholarship. I get it. But I'm telling you, if I were to throw a baseball today, my arm would dislocate. And if I were to try to round the bases, I would vomit at second. But I'm telling you, what God has shown me through this thing called the church will forever change me and has made a difference in my life. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Let me hear you. So here's... Woo! Dave, I'm crying, man. I don't have a hanky. Real preachers have a handkerchief. Sorry, Dave. It's anointed. I'm so thankful for this church and for dynamic kids ministries and student ministries that are teaching God's truths to your kids in a creative and compelling way. I am. This church has been built on that from day one. I know the, know the role it played in my life growing up. Many of us have learned our, our Bible from watching vegetables on TV, haven't we? That's, most of your kids, their core values came from a purple dinosaur that was just creepy. Let's just be honest, right? Aren't you thankful that we have a thing called the church where kids are being taught in a language they understand who Jesus is? In fact, can I get the house lights up for me real quick. Can we do that? Hey, if you work in kids' ministry from birth to fifth grade, would y'all stand up right now? Any form or fashion, you stand up. You work with kids from birth to, to, to fifth grade. Would you just say, yeah, I think we can applaud that. I think we can clap better than that. Come on. You're teaching kids. You're making a difference. You're raising up a generation, passing on the faith. Sit down real quick. How many of you, how many of you work in sixth grade through twelfth grade or college ministry around here? Sixth through college ministry. Sixth grade through college ministry. Look at these guys. Come on. Come on. Come on. They're back there. Look at those guys. Segris, I see you, bro. Hey. 
Most of you sitting down can't even stand teenagers. They're working with them. They're riding on buses for 15 hours. Smelling things you shouldn't have to smell. Why? Because they understand the role of parenting is hard, and so they come alongside to help and encourage you in what you're doing at home. Listen, if you don't have a church home, here's, here's the deal. I know a good one, but here's the deal. I know a lot of them. I want to encourage you to find one. There are too many great youth and kids ministries around this area. You need to find a home and land. We, we, we had youth pastors from across our city here with us a couple of weeks ago. I, I walked down the hallway and, you know, Pastor Chach is running around like a banshee like he always does. I'm trying to calm him down. And, and I walk past our creative room and there's Pastor Chase and Danny praying with other youth leaders in this community. Listen, there are too many great youth ministries. There are too many great kids ministries. Find a church home and plug into it, parents. We're not trying to take away your role as a parent. We're just trying to come alongside of you and help you out. Is that okay? Find a place. I see Brandy Quinn. Brandy, stand up. See Brandy Quinn. Brandy, Brandy was our, listen, she was our first kids pastor here at, at a little church called Watermark. And I told the Lord, I said, God, listen, kids are such a big deal. And we're not going to start this thing until you send us the right person to lead. Brandy was our first kids pastor. She came. She said, listen, I, I, I love the Lord and, and, and I want to serve. And her and Bob, they relocated, moved from Beaumont, came here. And we found them a year later and, and just helped and served in this church and made a difference in the kingdom. Find a church and plug in. And get involved. Hey, here's what we're going to do this morning. I want to ask you to stand. You guys have been great. The roast is burning. I'm sorry. Here's what I want us to have a time of prayer over you this morning. And in fact, here's what I want to invite those of you that are parents and you would just admit and say, hey, you know what? I needed today's message. There's a struggle going on in our home. We placed other things as being more important. And today is going to be a, a fresh start and a new start in our home. Or maybe you just want a word of encouragement or prayer. I want to ask you to just come and kneel at the front today real quick. Will you do that? Come on down. If that's you, if we can just pray with you and encourage this morning. As a parent, you need, you need prayer. You need encouragement. There's a struggle going on in your home. You need to make some adjustments. You just come and you kneel right now. You come and fill up this altar and let's kneel all across the front here. You come. I want to ask our prayer ministry team to come and just start laying hands on and praying over these parents right now. Prayer ministry team, you come and let's just start praying over these people. Listen, we know that parenting is difficult. It's hard. I get it. I am one. And I make mistakes. It's a struggle. Listen, we need each other. God stands with you this morning, parents. You need to know that. But there is a church family that also stands here ready to assist and help you. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for these mamas and papas that are down here right now. Lord, you know the situation in their families. You know what's going on in their home. God, it's not about what they haven't done. But God, I'm praying that right now today be a fresh start. Say fresh start. That today would be a fresh start with you, Lord. As parents, we come and we kneel before you today and say, God, we need you. Lord, we need you. We need you, Lord, to guide us. God, we are so sorry that we have placed other things above you, but not any longer. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. God, we're putting you back in the rightful place, the throne of leadership in our homes. And God, we're going to trust you. We're going to look to you to guide us and lead us, Father.
God, help us as we raise these kids, these mighty warriors that we will launch one day. God, I pray that we'd raise up men and women of God, that they are ready to go and live all the days of their lives for your glory and yours alone, Father. Lord, that's our calling as parents, is to pass on this baton of faith. God, I pray that we as parents would pursue you first. Lord, I pray that our kids would look at us and see a mom and a dad that are locked in and sold out in pursuing Jesus Christ. Lord, that you would be Lord of our homes, that we place you first, God. And God, that our kids would see that. Let us not just talk it, God. Oh, let us demonstrate it. Let us set an example. Lord Jesus, thank you for loving us. Thank you, God, that we don't have to do this alone. You stand ready to help us. God, give us wisdom. Let us teach your commands. Let us raise up warriors of the faith. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.